Hey mama, welcome to the Mama Cabinet Making Informed Decisions in Motherhood and Beyond podcast. It's me, Amanda, H-back mom of three. That's right, sister, three kids, where every day there is never a dull moment and crazy is the doom normal up in this house. (laughs) Seeker of truth and a passion for helping other mamas like you discover their potential by providing valuable, informative information on pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, natural lifestyle, and motherhood, all in a Christian perspective. With a lot of laughs, mixed with some witty humor, of course, I will help you discover what your options are, the fruit of those decisions, and what you can accomplish in your motherhood journey with conviction and passion. Whether you're a mom of multiples or just getting started, I'm here to remind you that you were created to do this. You got this, girl. Welcome to the tribe. I am so excited that you are here. So let's get started. Welcome back. Okay, so real quick, (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. This, today's chat, I literally have gone over my notes so many times because I just really want to keep it short and simple today, especially since our last chat kind of went a little bit longer than what I had anticipated, but still really great stuff, which is why it was really hard for me to stay within time and within reason on that one, just because there was just so much that we could have said and that we didn't end up talking about last time. So this time, I just thought we would do a little bit of a lighter topic and just keep it very short and sweet. So here we go. Today's topic is about birth philosophy, okay? So we're going to be talking about what it is, why caregivers and birth workers have one, and how that matters to you, why we should consider having one and how it might already be there, and also just two simple tips on how to create one. I would start by saying that in short, a birth philosophy is what we believe about the birth process and what role everything and everyone plays in that process. Philosophy is basically the study of underlying things and the literal meaning of philosophy means in Greek, the love of wisdom. And so you're probably thinking, well, how does this relate to birth is because one, it's good for us to have wisdom, I think, in our motherhood and being a mama. (laughs) As an individual, it's always good to have wisdom. And as we grow older, we grow in our wisdom. I mean, we become more wise. And so how we get this wisdom is like what James says in chapter one, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And this term liberally in the Greek means bountifully. So in, I mean, it's overflowing. It's what we need. So when we think of wisdom, we look to it as a guide for clarity in situations, right? I mean, we usually call upon people who are wise 
to give us counsel about certain situations. We usually think about the old wisdom that we have learned over time as well through different individuals, through our own studying, through our own research, and just by the things that we learn from our mistakes, right? And so when we need wisdom, we trust and ask it from God in boldness and by faith, ultimately. And God himself looks and created the heavens and the earth and all that dwells in them in his own wisdom, by wisdom. And the Bible says wisdom has a far greater value than precious rubies. So for us mamas, holding on to this wisdom can greatly benefit us in our journey through pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum, even through our motherhood. And most, if not all, caregivers and birth workers have their own birth philosophy. So their own birth wisdom that they refer to. And I believe most mamas do as well, whether it's something they can feel and they can touch or not, or even know that they do. So why should this matter to us? Why does the idea of knowing that caregivers and birth workers have this? Okay, so why do they do that? And why should we? First reason why caregivers and birth workers have a birth philosophy and how it impacts us is because it tells us what type of care we will receive. Birth philosophy tells us two things. Okay, it tells what somebody believes and what somebody values in regards to the birth process and those involved. It is basically a glimpse into who they are and something that really touches base with them. So it's really something that they deeply have a huge conviction about. And it's really that is where their practice and where their work is really fueled by. And that's out of their heart and out of that place on which they hold this very dear to themselves. That is in the which they show us care and our children care. I mean, our newborns. And you can go on to many birth workers personal sites and find that they are somewhere located there or when you meet somebody whether it's an OBGYN or anything like that they normally do make it clear in some of the things that they do or in their actions what they believe about the birth process and what they value about the birth process but normally especially outside of a hospital situation and even sometimes if you go into the hospital and you look up the doctor sometimes they might have their own philosophy when it comes to the birth process but normally outside through independent contractors like doulas, midwives, and birth centers, things like that, you'll find on their website what their birth philosophy is. And if it isn't available to you, just ask. So that's one thing I recommend mamas when they are interviewing midwives or doulas or OBGYNs or touring birth centers, whatever. They need to be asking their that individual what their birth philosophy is, what they believe about the birth process, what they value in these types of situations. Because this is really something you need to know from your care provider and from anybody you're looking to put on your support team as to what to expect 
when you and your baby are in their care? And I feel like this is a question that we need to ask our own husbands because really we want our husbands to be there. We want them to be a part of the process. But if they just don't have a genuine care about it or they just don't know enough about it or maybe they just think this whole idea is just weird and it's just different from them, we need to find that out from them as well because they're really a part of our birth team. And so we need to also help them kind of uncover that as well and possibly even develop one for themselves on their own. And if you have your own birth philosophy, you will know whether or not you will be good for each other, meaning not your husband, because obviously you're married to your husband. So there has to be (laughs) some way you guys can work together. But with our birth team, this is how we know if it's a right fit, if things are going to be okay, Um, The vibe, I mean, I always tell, you know, people when I found my midwife and when I found the doula that I love and I cherish so much. So shout out to Kim Benner. But that's one thing I tell people is, you know, this is why you interview people is because you want to make sure the vibe is good and you want to make sure that you guys connect. There's this underlying kindred type of spirit. And so, and if their birth philosophy is different in other areas that you feel are important to you, you can always look for someone else or get a second opinion. That's the beauty of interviewing these individuals. Even OBGYNs, mamas, you do have a right to shop around when it comes to OBs. So if you feel like one that is a little bit closer to you might be better or there might be another OBGYN in that hospital that you might vibe with a little bit better because their outlook and their beliefs and their values are a little bit more on the line of yours. You don't necessarily have to just go with the OB that, you know, is just there or just happens to be there that day. So you, that's the beauty of being able to shop around because you can be able to determine that. And by just talking with people, doing your own research, you'll already know that. And it's super important. And if an OB or somebody that you do interview or somebody that is you don't feel comfortable with maybe their birth philosophy or maybe it's not really something you're looking for or differs in ways that are important to you, you can, again, get a second opinion. And I mean, that happens all the time. It's not that big of a deal. If you feel the one that you are currently in business with is not working well for you, then you can always get a second opinion. So when you are looking at some of these birth philosophies from the birth workers or caregivers, you'll find, if not majority of birth philosophies are structured, but not limited to three different types of models. And you'll find with some caregivers and birth workers that these three models sometimes are all blended. Um, They might kind of give and take from each of these models. So it's really not just strictly they have a one model mindset, although some people do, but also some people don't. They kind of have a blend of all three of them or maybe just one or the other. And they vary in who has the responsibility in the decision-making process. The first one is paternalism. This one is where the healthcare provider is boss. This is where they believe that the healthcare provider is the one who is in charge, who's the one who makes the the decisions and things like that. And the mindset here is that it's based on the fact that the patient doesn't know 
enough about healthcare or medical care in order to make the right decision. And in a sense, and sometimes depending on the individual, this might be the case because not everyone who comes through the labor and delivery room or through the OBGYN office and clinic, not everybody has gone to medical school. So there really are some things that we don't know that maybe the medical professional does. I mean, but that's not to say that we don't know anything because, I mean, look at Google, look at all these like different books and resources that are out there. I mean, we're kind of living in an age right now where you don't necessarily need to go to school to know certain things or to be well-educated in certain topics. And this might happen, especially if an individual has not gotten the correct resources or any at all. Some people just don't know. Some people just don't know where to look. They don't know. They just really put their sole trust in the healthcare provider and trust their opinion, does not question, does not think that there might be a different way of doing things for themselves that might better fit their needs. They just don't know sometimes. So really, sometimes patients have this mindset of paternalism because they really do believe that it is solely based on the healthcare provider to be the boss in the birth process and during pregnancy and postpartum. And people may be okay with this model because they believe this is the best way to avoid complications. This model really is mainly used in the healthcare system today, although they are trying to shy away from it, but it really is used more often than I feel like any other model sometimes. But what happens when we have this model is that people may receive care they did or do not want. And now they have to deal with not so good consequences that are sometimes long term and continue long after the healthcare provider is not there. And the problem that I see with having this mindset or having this as a base for birth philosophy is that it doesn't really encourage the patient to have a voice and to be able to state or even know what could be their specific needs. And I feel like personally, that is such a huge thing for me. And it might be for you and it might be for somebody else, but then it might not be for anybody else as well. Because everyone needs and their preferences are all different. And I feel like all people want to be heard, all people want to understand, not even just for the sake of, you know, okay, going into this situation, I'm just going to do what my doctor tells me because really it's okay to think like that. And it's okay to want to do that and to want to be a very cooperative patient. But I think it's just important that we know why. Why do we do the, you know, strep B test? Why do we do things like that? Why is it required at this so many weeks to do this? Why is, you know, the amount of time that it takes to do X, Y, and Z why is this important? So I feel like even if you are okay with your healthcare provider taking charge and being the boss in this situation or having this mindset that they are the boss or they are the most respected and they know more than me and better than me, which is okay, <laughs> no judgment there at all. If that works for you, then that works for you. But at the same time, I feel like we still need to take part in those decisions, not by maybe voicing them, 
because we don't want to create conflict. I know some people who are not very good at conflict and so therefore they don't want to raise conflict or they don't want to confront conflict. But with all that to be said, to me, I see a problem with that sometimes because everybody's different. Every pregnancy is different. Everybody's preferences are different. And this model doesn't really encourage the patient to be very opinionated, doesn't really encourage them to be very involved or kind of helping them get their gears going in their mind and to participate in a sense. The second one is patient sovereignty. Now, this is on the complete end of the spectrum when it comes to birth philosophy models and what people believe and the foundations on which people base their values and beliefs from when it comes to pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum, and sometimes even into their own motherhood. So we had one side, which is paternalism, which is on one end of the spectrum, And then we have patient sovereignty, which is on a totally end of the spectrum as well. So they're two polar opposites, black and white, you know, white and black. And this is where patient is boss. This model suggests that no one knows, but only the patient knows what is best, what their needs are or in their own best interest. And this is the most important thing to them. This is the most important thing in this model. And this really takes precedence that the patient knows and the individual knows, and that's the most important thing. And sometimes this is true to an extent because we really, as mamas, are the only ones who can hear our body talking to us. We can really only tell people what we're feeling and what we are okay with and not okay with. Really, this is kind of true in a sense but sometimes this is really on the extreme part of this because sometimes we need a voice of reasoning because maybe fear or our own pride sometimes can get in the way of seeing the right decisions or wanting to make the right decisions because honestly I really know how that feels I feel like if you haven't heard my birth story about my eldest, and I use this representation a lot just because I learned so much from just that one experience that later on looking back on it, you know, after it was all said and done and I had time to heal physically and emotionally and mentally from that situation, it helped me see that really from my perspective, I was trying to accomplish a goal and I was so determined to do it. And it wasn't just because I believed in myself and that I really could do it because I knew that this is the way that God created me and that's why I was doing it. But really what I realized was that it was pride. It was pride. I was so prideful in that, that I was like, I need to do this because I need to show people that this is possible. And this is my, I'm the first person out of my whole family who's ever done something like this. And so really there was a lot of pride there. And that's honestly why it took me so long to make the decision to go to the hospital in the first place. I mean, granted, I'd been in labor for four days and I probably should after the 24 hour period mark, I should have been like, "Mm, something's not wrong. Something's not right. Like we should go like something. This is just doesn't seem normal. But I was letting my pride get in the way so much so that it took me a while to just bow down to that idea that... (laughs) This was not going to go the way that it should. And I really felt like that was God breaking down my pride. I've explained that before. So sometimes our own pride can get in the way of making sound decisions. 
And the problems with this one is that there is no protection, meaning no one protects the individual from poor or ill-advised choices. And it creates an easy cop-out for healthcare providers and professionals. So a little bit of a downfall on that one as well. Now, this last one is a blend of both of these. So it's that gray part. And this is really the middle ground. And it's called the shared decision-making model. And this is where the patient healthcare provider work together. And ideally, this is what we want to see happening, not just in the home birth realm and not just in the birth center atmosphere. We want to actually see this on a full spectrum, like pouring into the hospital situations. And some hospitals actually do this. They work with the patient. They respect and acknowledge the patient's wishes and there's really the give and take there from healthcare provider and patient. So we ideally want to see that and really this is the most favored birth philosophy model. To me, this is a good balance and I would hope that this would be the mindset in the healthcare system, but it can be a slippery slope. This is, like I said, the most recommended model to use in the healthcare, and it is to some extent, but oftentimes in the medical setting, we can see it creating some conflict, but it all depends on your provider and their own birth philosophy, which is why I recommended that if you are interviewing OBs, if you are interviewing midwives and doulas, that it's good to have a broad spectrum and that you interview them and you find out what their own birth philosophy is because then you know what's going to be a given to you, like what's going to be easy and almost like, oh, well, I don't even have to mention because they already do that. But what you're also going to have to be a little bit more firm on with them as far as your boundaries and what you're comfortable doing and not doing, or maybe what you need to fight for a little bit more with them to convince them that this is what you're doing and to work around what they are trying to do themselves in that situation. This model supports the parents and their need to make a good informed decision that is right for them and encourages patients to be more opinionated to speak up when there are conflicts with healthcare and medical treatments. So again, this one encourages a lot of education on the patient's part, and it solely doesn't ride on the healthcare to educate them because that's one thing I try to tell mamas is when you go in to have your baby, when you go into these offices and to these people, when you are in labor, it is not their job to educate you in that process. It is really not their job, okay? Really, the... It depends on you. It depends on how much you are wanting to know and how informed you want to be and especially on how to deal with having a baby. When you go in there, they are not your birth coach. They are not there to educate you in the moment. You, it is really slowly the responsibility of the patient to go that far in their education And that's what this model encourages. And it causes the patient to be more involved in the process. And where we see in paternalism, it doesn't encourage that. It usually just puts all the responsibility on the healthcare provider and without the patient really doing anything that could possibly help the situation. 
Because if not, this approach and the mindset can easily slip into paternalism, which is what we don't want and what I don't encourage. Although these are only three models people can base their birth philosophy in, that there are many levels of the birth process that we need to consider as mamas. And there are a lot of decisions we need to make in pregnancy, during birth, in our recovery, during postpartum, and with our newborn and throughout our motherhood, which is why I believe it is important that we hone in on what our own birth philosophy is. And the reason is because birth is personal. It's not a journey that somebody takes for you. This is a journey that you will take. This is a journey that your own child will take. And so each process, what you go through, what your baby goes through, they're separate processes, but you do then side by side together in a sense, but pregnancy and childbirth and in postpartum and in motherhood is really somebody that it's something that you take for yourself. And really, it goes without saying that having children, bringing children into this world, bringing actual human beings is such a powerful thing because the moment you find out that you are pregnant or the moment that you know that you are about to bring forth this child into this world is you've been given the ability to grow, to carry, and to bring forth that human and that individual. And an individual that is wonderfully and fearfully made, somebody who has a personality, somebody who has characteristics, somebody who has likes and dislikes, somebody who has emotions, somebody who can think for themselves eventually someday, maybe not when they're the first, you know, 10 years of their life, but still, or maybe even more, but (laughs) maybe you have a child who's already older, who's like in their 20s and they still can't think for themselves. But granted, I mean, it's such a huge and powerful thing. Like we are bringing human beings into this world. I mean, that's such a trippy thing for me to wrap my mind around that God himself has actually given the ability for humans like us who are like the flower that withers in the field and our frame is but dust. I mean, it's crazy to think that God has given us that great blessing and that huge responsibility to raise humans, to be individuals who grow up to function in this world, to make decisions and who impact other people's life and can possibly impact history And it's just crazy to me, not crazy like, well, this is crazy. It's almost just like, it's just mind blowing to me. And so from that perspective, it really is a powerful thing and it's a personal thing. And it really is a direct impact on our bodies, our emotions, and even on our spirituality. I think there's no hood like motherhood. Like that's how rough motherhood could be sometimes because really it's a deconstruction of our perceptions. It's a deconstruction of our hearts. It's a deconstruction of so many different things in our lives that God uses to refine us and to bring us out as gold, shiny gold. And it's funny how motherhood does that. And the birth process does that as well, because I can tell you the things that I learned from my birth experience from my first one, from my eldest, all the way up into my youngest, which is almost about three years ago, which is weird because I've never had this long of an interval of pregnancies ever. But I learned so much about myself through my first 
childbirth experience through up until now as a mom of three and my the eldest being almost six I've learned so much in between now and then and it changes us it really has changed me and it will change you if this is your first motherhood childbirth pregnancy postpartum it will change you and i not to even to scare you but it will rock your world for the better because it provides an opportunity for personal growth it is and will forever be an experience and you will call upon time after time again so why not why not put our comforts discomforts our values and our belief and if we don't develop one, the more likely we will rely on others to make decisions for us like paternalism that is really not theirs to make. It's not a journey that they will go through on your part. And really, I feel like when we rely on other people to make those decisions for us, when we are more than capable of doing it, or we are more than capable of knowing what options are before us, I just feel like we are so we're copping out. We are robbing ourselves of an experience that can bring so much fruit to our emotional well-being that can come so much good fruit from our spiritual and our mental well-being. Sometimes it may not feel like that, mom. I understand being a mom is hard, and sometimes our mental, I feel like our mental being really does take a hit, but I think in the long run, when we will look back on those really rough years, we will actually say it is well with my soul because of how we were sought through those times and how God has brought us out and has shown us things and has taught us things about who he is himself, but also his attributes and his righteousness and his God-given word and ordinances are being played out in our own children. So all through the tough years of discipling them and going through the ups and the downs, we'll look back and we'll truly say it as well with my soul. And if we don't have, again, this birth philosophy on our own and we don't take the time to develop one, I feel like the less likely we'll be involved in the process, which I, again, I feel is we are purposely robbing ourselves of this great opportunity. And we need to be because this is our journey. And who you are with your spouse as a parent, that is your journey with your spouse. But there are things that your husband does that is part of his journey. And there are things that moms do that are part of our journey. And this is part of our journey is the birth process, caring, growing children, raising children. And it just isn't about the goal, mama. I mean, the goal is to have a baby. Of course, the goal is to come out with a healthy mama and a healthy baby. It also is the whole process, this whole experience and a birth philosophy helps us consider all the major components of birth, pregnancy, and postpartum and can be a source of comfort in that journey. Having a birth philosophy is also very helpful if you want to create a birth plan. I highly, highly suggest to everyone that they have a birth plan. No matter what birth environment, whether you are home birth, just in case you get transferred, whether you definitely you are in the hospital, and 
Or if you're going to be doing a birth center birth, just in case you get transferred or there are things at your birth center that you prefer for things to go or what your comforts are and discomforts are in that environment. And a birth plan communicates to others your comforts, your non-negotiables, your discomforts. It sets your boundaries and it also sets up for your preferences, which come from your own birth philosophy. And if you don't have a birth philosophy, it's going to be darn right hard to create a birth plan because you're not going to even going to know what you want and what you don't want, what you believe and what you don't believe to be able to determine this is what I don't want, this is what I do want. And I believe that if you don't know your own personal birth philosophy, how are you going to communicate that in your boundaries and the plan to other people? How are you going to do that? So again, a birth philosophy helps us, it guides us in creating our own birth plan. It helps us figure out what birth experience we want because every option provides different experiences. A home birth is way different than having a hospital birth. Not to say that you can't have things in the hospital that bring you comfort as if you could have a home birth or there are things about a home birth that you do enjoy that can't be translated into the hospital experience. Not to say all that or the birth center. I mean, they all offer different things things and it helps us decide who we want, who we need for our birth team. Not only does environment play a huge role in our feeling of security and comfort, but people do as well. So this is a huge component in birth is we need to feel safe, we need to feel secure, and we need to make sure that we are okay not just with the environment, but with the people who are around us who maybe people don't cause as much stress, people who are more comforting than they are panicky, <laughs> um, or just even the thought of knowing that this person knows what they're doing or this person I know is going to be here no matter what and has been will be here for me in my most vulnerable moment. I mean, this is why a lot of mammals go to a very safe and quiet place away from chaos and away from, you know, light. I mean, they go to an area that increases their melatonin levels. I mean, this is the exact reason why this type of environment is encouraged in the birth process. And so our birth philosophy helps us find those people and find those environments in which we can thrive in. And it tells us who to look for, who to join it together with. And for caregivers and birth workers and for those who do have birth philosophies in that birth worker realm, it really is a call to invite others and to join in the like-mindedness with. So these caregivers are sending out the back call in a sense. They're saying, here, I'm sending this out there and whoever is going to be resonated with this birth philosophy. This is going to draw them to me so that we can be in a like-minded space together and I can support them and they can feel supported by me. And so it's really, that's what birth philosophies, that's the beauty of them. And which brings me to my third reason. It communicates. Our birth philosophy communicates to others and what role that they play in the birth process. It communicates to us ourselves and to trust in the discernment and wisdom that God can give us and has given us, especially when it comes to our mommy gut. I always tell mommies, you can never go wrong with your mommy gut because 
let me tell you, the times when I did not listen to my mommy gut, I was proven wrong. But the times when I did, I definitely was proven right. And it was always a safe move for me to trust my mommy gut. So it's my number one parenting advice on that. It keeps us focused. Our birth philosophy keeps us focused. It guides us and it provides comfort. It tells people what we are willing or unwilling to do. And it gives a glimpse to people, a deep exposure of our hearts to people, because that's really where a birth philosophy comes from. It is a personal thing to us and it's a personal opinion it is a personal preference and so you are exposing that to other people and you are exposing a little glimpse into your heart and so it communicates that to other people and it might ruffle some feathers it might cause a little bit of some pushback it might cause conflicts and it might raise a lot of questions but at least you are taking part in the process and you're being heard, which is super, super important as a mama going through pregnancy and through the childbirth process, throughout your postpartum recovery and through motherhood. So how do we find this? Like, where do we start? Okay, so two simple things. So the first one is ask yourself, what you believe. You need to examine your own beliefs about the important concepts that influence the birth process and that are important during pregnancy that will help you in postpartum. Some questions you might ask yourself to help you unpack this, to help you create one, or maybe dig up what you feel is already there is ask what you believe about pregnancy. Is it natural or is it a medical emergency? That's a good question to ask yourself. Ask yourself, what do you believe about newborn care, especially within the first few days or especially within the within the first hour or minutes after they are born? What do you believe about that? What do you believe about childbirth itself? Another question, which is this really good one, is what role does modern medicine play in this season of one's life? What role do you play in the process? What do you, do you believe is your responsibility in this situation? What do you believe about your own capabilities, your own body's capabilities? Who is in charge of this process? Do you believe that you are? Do you believe that your healthcare provider only knows what's best? What do you, what do you rely on? Paternalism or shared making decision or patient sovereignty? Where do you, where do you fall on that? What do you even believe about your own baby's capabilities? I feel like this one is not a question that we ask ourselves a lot and a lot of people don't ask themselves is, what do you believe your baby can do? Because do you believe that your baby is able to do this on their own or do you believe that your baby needs help? I mean, that's why we have Pitocin. That's why we have forceps. That's why we have all kinds of ranges of different things. And those things have their time and their place, of course. And there are sometimes medically necessary in which we should only be using them for medical reasons, not out of convenience. But this is a question that I feel like a lot of mamas need to ask themselves. And this is a genuine thing. What do I believe that my baby is capable of doing? So, and our second one, final and second one is what do you value? What are your values? 
Do you value the ability of having certain individuals there? If so, who, why, and what? In what ways do you find having your spouse there? If they played that role, how that would be valuable to you? Do you value modern medicine has to offer? Do you value the opinion or suggestion of your own care provider? If you don't, please get a second opinion or look for somebody else because this is very key. If you don't trust your own provider or you don't value what they have to say, then maybe they're not a right fit for you and you are you have the right to be able to find a different provider that might be somebody that you value their opinion more than anything. Do you value the power of movement during birth? Do you value easy access to certain items or equipment? Or do you value certain processes in the pregnancy and birth and postpartum experience? What are they? What are some of the things that you value? Do you value skin-to-skin contact within minutes? Do you value the the bonding time? Do you value the ability for your body to (laughs) produce milk and for your own body to be able to sustain life? Do you value that? Because if so, then you definitely, definitely should have that as a part of your birth philosophy. So just two simple questions. Because a birth philosophy needs to reflect those two things, what you believe and what you value. And it needs to reflect what you believe and value, not what other people believe and value. Because everyone wants different experiences or things sometimes don't matter to certain people as much as they do to you. Uh, or they don't care, or they don't even want those things, or those things don't really have much value to them. And that's really, it's okay. That's okay. If you're that person, there's no judgment here. That's totally okay. But if it does to you, and you see the importance of caregivers and birth workers to have one, then we must equally see the importance of having our own. It's going to take time And it's going to take extra work to dig deep, to examine ourselves, to create one. And you might already have one, but just didn't know it. I hope this brings clarity to help you unpack it and to hone in on one as you move forward in your motherhood journey. Until next time. Hi again, before I let you go and we part ways, if anything from this episode has been encouraging and is resonating with you, Please do not hesitate to leave an iTunes review at the end of this episode or share a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media because not only do I love hearing from you, but I love helping and encouraging other mamas just like you. And who knows, maybe next time I will give you a huge shout out on our next episode. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive notifications on when our next chat is going to be so you do not miss out on any valuable, informative information in regards to our next topic. Until next time, grace and peace to you, my dear friend. Okay, bye!